0: What's going on, everybody? I'm Mara. And I'm Taz. And welcome back to Sisters Who Kill. You know, sometimes when you're going through a really dark phase or a dark time in your life, you want others to empathize with you. But what happens when just empathy isn't enough, but instead you really, really want them to feel it? Free money is out there. Just go get it by starting your podcast today. Our players this week are Kevin Roman,
1: the victim, LaDratric L.D. Davis, Kevin's friend,
0: and LaQuinta Johnson, our murderess. Now, there wasn't much that we could find on LaQuinta's background, but what we did find was that she had a very long rap sheet that dated all the way back to 2005. LaQuinta has been charged with theft, unauthorized use of a vehicle, and one time for assaulting a family member, and we don't even have the T on that. One day, she was walking down the street, and this dude was noticing her. And this dude's name was Kevin Roman. Now, Kevin Roman, he was 39 years old. He's a native of Louisiana. And his father, Gregory Roman, was a pastor. So PK in the South. Now, if you asked anybody, he was described as caring, giving, extremely generous. He was the type of person that would give you his shirt off his back. He just loved to be a good person and to help others. According to his sister, when Kevin was younger, he had like a stutter and he used to get bullied because of his stutter. And instead of being really discouraged by it, you know, that is really what opened up Kevin to have the heart that he was known to have because he knew what it was like to feel bullied. He knew what it was like to feel ostracized. And he wants to make sure that other people didn't feel that way, especially for something that they couldn't control. You ever seen that, um, that TikTok and the girl was
1: like, I was not a cute kid. She was like, y'all who were cute in high school and stuff just got to pass through life all easy. I had to build character. I had to be likable. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: But anyways, Kevin had a huge heart and he graduated from high school. And then after high school, he decided that he was going to go to Grambling State University. Shout out to the HBCUs. And he pledged Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. He was a huge Football fan. He loved football. He loved playing it. He loved watching it. And most importantly, his new passion was that he enjoyed coaching it. And he spent several years coaching football for the Clear Lake Christian School. And not only that, but he was teaching there as well. So really doing the things that he loved and loving what he did. But then, you know, just like with everything, and what I've really learned is that when you become a coach and when you get on the coaching side of athletics, especially in high school. And I've heard it even more in college, even though he wasn't coaching college, that it's very political. And your job is not always as guaranteed as you think that it can be mm-hmm. or as that we would perceive that it is. So at Clear Lake Christian, they ended up getting a new head coach, right? New head coach comes in and this new head coach is basically like, listen, I know who the coaches I want you to hire. I have the coaches that are going to push this team further. And all the other coaches... We all need them no more. So eventually Kevin kind of got pushed out. Not that he did anything wrong, but like because this coach and the politics behind all of the athletic, academic athletics and all of that, he was now looking for a new job. But don't worry, he's a bounce back. In the spring semester of 2016, he started a new job at KIPP Academy and he was the middle school teacher. And then at KIPP Academy, he was also the flag football coach. Now, Ladricic Davis, We're going to call him LD. Ladricic LD, he was one of Kevin's longtime friends, one of his frat brothers. And when he was talking about Kevin, he was like, you know, the kids would call him Coach Roman. But like he was more than a coach. And he really was like he loved the kids that he was coaching. He really was that father figure for these children because a lot of them didn't have it. And they really looked up to him. So
1: around early August, Kevin meets a girl, right? He's headed home. There's this girl walking down the street. And he's like, you know, I'm going to pick her up. Now, Kevin is chopping it up with his boy LD, and he's telling him about this girl. He was like, yo, she had a fabulous little booty, body saying right, you know. I had to holler at her. I got her number or whatever. I took her back to my place. LD's like, listen, man, you grown, okay? I ain't in nobody's business, but you got to be careful, okay? So a little later on Labor Day weekend, so they met in August, Labor Day weekend. Kevin and LD are kicking shit, hanging out. And Kevin's phone starts blowing up. You know, when somebody hits your line and you, you're not trying to talk to them, so you look at it, you put it down. Shit go again and again. Now you looking at your phone crazy like, dang, how many times are you gonna hit me? Text message, buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. So Kevin's starting to get upset, like, <sighs> finally he answered the phone. Hello. And it's, Yap, 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 all through the phone. You know how, like, you be watching cartoons growing up, and you can hear the other side of the phone? (laughs) That's how LD said it was like. He was like, it wasn't on speakerphone, but I could hear. Kevin's just like, what is it? I'm, I'm with my frat brother. I'll call you back. And she was like, why you always with your frat brother? Why you always over there? And he was like, I said I'll call you when I'm done. Chill, man. He hang up the phone. And he was like, bro, who that calling your phone like that? And he was like, some girl I met over near my house. She a little crazy. And LD said, you got to leave them crazy girls alone, okay? Them the ones that'll get you in trouble, my boy. It turns out this big booty girl who was walking down the street and the girl calling his phone, acting all crazy, is Miss LaQuinta Johnson. So she's been seeing Kevin for a while, and... She is really feeling him. You know, the things that they say about him is true. He's kind. He is sweet. He's a perfect gentleman, almost. You see, Kevin was not one to be tied down. And so September 3rd, LaQuinta's over Kevin's house, hanging out with him. She got some clothes or whatever and, you know, fully prepared to spend the night. Well, she gets to snoop him. And she finds out that Kevin has been texting other women. And she's, she got that feeling in her stomach. Like, ah, I didn't like that. I didn't like the way that felt, right? Like, it's um, jealousy. And I'm not really here for that. So she goes to Kevin and she's like, listen, I'm feeling you, you feeling me, right? And Kevin is like, yeah, I'm gonna have to pass on it. He's like. I love you, you're a beautiful young lady. I'm just not one to be tied down, you know? Well, LaQuinta did not and like this. Right, you
0: know? He knew what he wanted. He knew what he wanted. And he wanted and he options. He didn't want to be tied down. Yeah, no <laughs> options. So LaQuinta
1: did not like this. One thing about LaQuinta is she stays strapped. So this night, she had her gun on her, but it wasn't unusual because she kept her gun on her, right? LaQuinta, she's, you know, she's getting upset and she's not, she keeps kind of replaying what, what Kevin is saying to her and, you know, seeing what she saw on the phone. And she's not happy with what she's hearing and deducing. Like, why is she not enough? So she grabs her gun, stood over Kevin and shot him in the head. She closed her eyes and continued to squeeze the trigger until all the bullets were fired. She sat there for about 10, 15 minutes to make sure Kevin was dead, and then grabbed his keys and left in his Jeep. Kevin was shot in the head, neck, chest, back, and the upper left arm.
0: It's September 9th, and we're at Clear Lake Christian Academy. Remember, this is where Kevin was formerly working, but it was a football game, and he's going to show up for his boys straight up like his boys are still on the team, his boys look over, and everybody looks around, and they realize that he's not there. Now he may not still be the coach of this team, but he's not going to miss these boys playing. Like he's straight up, you know, I'ma still make sure that y'all good. I'ma still be there for y'all. I'ma still help y'all do whatever you need to do to further your lives, further your career, hopefully get into college. And so him not being there automatically, everybody knew that something was wrong. The day goes by. People are calling and texting him. They're trying to find him and they're not getting any response. So the next day, this is September 10th and we're in 2016, LD is like, I can't get a hold of him either. Let me just pull up at his house. LD pulls up at Kevin's house and he looks around and he sees that the screen door is locked. So the front, you know, the screen door is locked, but the actual house door is left a little open. And he's like, okay, weird. He hears that the TV's on. He sees that the lights are on. He also can hear and a little bit feel that the AC is running. And he's like, okay, so things are, there's not physical movement, but there's some type of activity in the house, right? But he's not seeing anything. He's He's calling out Kevin's name. Kevin's not answering. And then he realizes that he's starting to smell something. And he's like, okay, something's wrong. I smell something. I'm not sure what it is. It's smelling like Kevin, not the type to just, you know, cook, cook meat and not take the meat out of the house. You know, it's, it smells like something's off. So he says, fine, this is the time. This is the co- time to call 911. Calls 911, asks for somebody to come in and do a welfare check. The officers come, they bust open the screen door, they go into the house and the house was a wreck, like a real wreck. Like it, Maybe there was like a party there or something like that. There were like glasses, there were cups. It was just everywhere. There were cigarette butts and they see something on the tub and maybe it's blood, maybe not. You know, can't make no assumptions. It's just a walkthrough. They see a a tie that's tied to the bed and the police are like, okay, well, I don't know if this is like a sex thing. I don't know if this is like a something we should be concerned about thing. Not sure yet. They see three, count them Three toothbrushes. Who needs three toothbrushes? And they did look around and they're like, okay, the place is messy, right? Like it looks like there was a party, but it doesn't look like there was a struggle or a fight or anything like that. They're looking around, they're looking around, and when they get to the bedroom, they find Kevin's decomposing body laying there. They of course can't make any assumptions. They pull out a picture of Kevin and they're able to confirm him through that photo that it is Kevin who is decomposing in his bedroom. Initially, when they were investigating, the authorities determined that it was not a burglary that escalated since, you know, his expensive things weren't missing from the house. His electronics weren't missing from the house. Kevin's phone was missing. His vehicle was missing. And even his neighbors were like, "Mm mm-hmm, totally reported that his vehicle was missing because something's a little off over there. When they're looking at his body, detectives are looking at his body and they were like, as much as he was covered by these bullets, as gruesome as his body is, we are almost certain that the profile of the person that we are looking for is somebody that knows this man. And they continued, they were continuing to look at the crime scene and they started finding women's underwear. And they were like, okay, so we don't know who this underwear belongs to, but we know that at some point there is a woman in this home. Of course, they asked, does Kevin have a wife or a fiance or a girlfriend? Nah, he ain't got none of that. Let's keep digging. They start talking to friends. They start talking to acquaintances. And at some point it became clear that Kevin was playing from the Himalayas. You get what I'm saying? He didn't want to be tied down. Yeah, there may have been women's underwear in his apartment, and you may find more. And I'm sure they're not going to belong to the same woman. I mean, like, my man's had a revolving door. And the landlord even confirmed this. He was like, yeah, you know, I'll be seeing him. You know, he be having a whole bunch of women coming in and out. And the police were like, you know what? This landlord is acting weird. Is it possible that the landlord didn't like the fact that Kevin was having all these women over, and so he took it out on him? Let's find out and see. And the main thing that really ticked off the police was that, sir, your home is a crime scene. An entire clip was emptied on a man in this bedroom. And all you worried about is when this crime scene is going to be up and when we're going to get out of here so that you can find the next tenant. Like, I get you need your money. I do. But have but there some There needs decorum. to be some decorum. And yeah, took the words right from me, friend. <laughs> have some decorum. Like, come on now. Somebody somebody is literally dead, okay? Like, come on. I, I, they said that, like, students, after, of course, when the students found out, they were completely heartbroken. They were shocked. And they were coming to the house to put flowers and pictures and you know the things that people do light candles in front of his home and it really took them aback it's hurting these kids because they are mourning and while they are bringing stuff to the house just to memorialize him just for a little while the landlord is putting his stuff on the curb like he in the middle of an eviction and it's like that ain't right However, when things started being moved to the curb, you know, when it's in the curb, we can start going through it a little more. We don't need a warrant or a call asking for a welfare check to start going through the stuff that's on the curb. And one thing that, again, stood out to the police was there's some women's clothing in here. So we're not just looking at draws. We're looking at clothing, meaning that somebody showered here, possibly knew that they had an extra stash of clothes in case they were spending the night or anything like that. And the police were like, you know what? It seems like they're at least somebody checking up on here. Maybe somebody living here, at least maybe having spending long weekends. How you go missing and a woman has not come to try and find you or report you missing. So now police are turning their attention to the ladies, all the ladies that Kevin had in his life. So the police bring LD in to talk. They're like,
1: listen, we need some help cracking this case open. Let's figure out what you can tell us, right? LD's like, of course, happy to help, you know? They're like, we're seeing that your guy was a bit of a ladies' man. You know, what do you know about some of the women that he dealt with? He was like, you know, nobody really in particular, but... I do notice one little relationship fling-like thing that he had going on. He tells the detectives about the woman who Kevin met walking while he was out one day and told him about the incident that happened with the yelling through the phone on Labor Day and was just like, but honestly, he didn't take anybody too seriously. There was nobody that I knew, you know what I mean? And he was just like... All in all, at the end of the day he ain't never known Kevin to be no liar, right? So if he was dating multiple women LD is like, I told him to make sure they're aware and the man's an up front type of guy anyway, so I'm sure that they were probably aware Next, please talk to a different friend of Kevin. His name is Chad Castro. And Chad is like so, I just remember that Kevin was seeing his girl Fadil right? And it was cool until Fadila do Kevin some money and I guess Kevin pay it back or something well Fadila pulled up on me talking about where Kevin at where Kevin at where Kevin at and I'm like hold on hold on what's not the problem and she was like he owe me some money where he at and I'm like you know he ain't here or whatever I'm trying to get her calmed down not too long after she gets on Facebook making a post about Kevin talking about what would y'all do If a nigga owed y'all some money, how would y'all handle that? And I'm pretty—I think she was adding him too and calling his business out like, ah, this. But you all, y'all gotta remember, Kevin was struggling on the low, right? Because he had just lost his job and he was transitioning to a new job. That paycheck ain't hit yet. Y'all know how it is. That transition can be tricky sometimes. So Chad says what makes us even more suspicious is right after Kevin passes, Fadila takes the post down. The cops thought the same thing. They said, mm, two Mirage. So they looked into it. Fadila was in jail the night he was murdered. Had a strong alibi. So she was now cleared from the suspect list. It's now September 12th, two days after they found Kevin's body. Police get an anonymous tip saying they know about Mr. Kevin and Kevin... Used to hang around this club. This club was supposedly a swingers club. And it's possible that he got mixed up into some shit. And that's what happened to him. They're thinking, like, maybe Kevin was messing with somebody's wife here at the swingers club. And then the husband found out. And then the husband took it out on Kevin. But honestly, like, swing honestly, you know? Swing truthfully. Do it with your partners, or inform them at least. You know, or be con- or have consent. You know, investigation's going on. This dirty laundry's coming out. It's kind of putting like a bad little image out there, just a little bit. Like rumors are starting to speculate. Oh, is that why the coach had to leave because he was a swinger and was trying to work at a Christian academy? And, you know, they be strict at the Christian academies. Mm -hmm. But the detectives are like, you know, it's honestly not looking like he was a swinger. It's really just looking like the man dated casually and just had the women. The detectives are digging deeper and deeper, and they have Kevin's last spotting around September 4th, somewhere along these days. They're guesstimating that his time of death was somewhere between September 4th and 5th. Now, remember, they didn't find him until the 10th, and so some decomposition has started, and it was kind of hard to pinpoint the exact day based off of the evidence that they currently have. Now, when he was seen in his bar, word on the street was he was with somebody named Kiki Lachey, and so the police go out there looking for Miss Kiki Lachey, and ain't nobody ever heard of Kiki Lachey. That honestly, to me, I hear the name. I think it's a drag queen. Don't <laughs> you feel like Lachey. that sounds like a drag queen name? hmm Like, I feel like I'm about to watch RuPaul's Drag Race every time I hear it. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess there's no Kiki Lachey. It must be a handle or something. <laughs>
0: okay. But they're stuck. They have no leads. So on September 13th, of course, we're still in 2016, the police decided to use GPS because there was a GPS program in Kevin's car that came from the dealership. I'm not sure if it was because he got it from like a CarMax or something where they keep track you in case they need to rebuild your car. You know, some people I heard that if you get your car from CarMax, I don't know if this is true. I'm just saying what I heard. Don't it's go true. around saying I told you that... They have something in your car that if you don't pay your bill, then your car won't turn on. If you one day late on your car payment. I don't know if it's one day
1: late. I think you have to be like repeatedly late and they will shut that shit down.
0: Um, (laughs) Anyways, they do find the car because they either found it through the dealership or the OnStar. Somehow there was GPS in his car. Find the car. In the car, they find his phone. But his phone is no help because his phone is smashed. Like, it has been, it's broken. And so they search the car, see if they can find any other leads. And really, the car doesn't give many leads. There's not much DNA to pull. Can't find much from the phone. And it was very clear. It was very clear that whoever this killer was, they made a point to make sure that the police could not get in that phone or get to that phone because maybe the phone is the key to the killer. Who knows? I guess the killer, whoever the killer was, it worked because the case was starting to turn very cold. The police felt like they had exhausted all the avenues and they just stopped working on it for a while. On September 18th, the funeral was held for Kevin and it was huge. The people showed out. You know, the children came in pouring love. He had been coaching for like over 10 years. People were coming back. They were full grown adults because this man had impacted their lives, not to mention his close family, his close friends, his fraternity brothers. Like everybody came to just show their love for this person who really him being murdered just doesn't make sense to them. It's senseless. He's like we said, he's the type of person that would give you the shirt off of his back. So why would anybody want to kill him?
1: They said it was a three day funeral. mm. They said they did a candlelight one night. They did a balloon release the other next night. Then they had the actual funeral. And it was like people was there all up and through it all three days.
0: I'm sure like that's how much he impacted not just the people around him, but his community at large. And like we said, his case turned absolutely cold. So that was 2016. Let's fast forward a couple of years to July of 2019. This cold case was assigned to the Houston Police Department's Cold Case Division. And in the three years that passed, there were a lot of improvements when it came to digital forensic technology. And because of this, they were like, OK, let's see if we can submit or resubmit, really, Kevin's smash phone to the forensic analysis. You know, maybe the technologies more advanced. Maybe we can actually get something from this phone. And ding, 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 authorities were able to download the text and the data from Kevin's phone. And they were like, "Okay, here we are. We are getting somewhere because of the text messages and all the things found in his phone and when his phone stopped working and all of that. They were able to determine that Kevin was murdered on September 4th. Remember, September 4th was when he was murdered, September 9th was the game. And September 10th is when LD came and smelled him decomposing. Police found several, oh, several women's names and numbers in Kevin's phone. But what they really found interesting was how he named them. So it would be like your name or your nickname versus how you met. So for example, if I would say, Taz, science class, something like that. So it was the name and how you knew this person. So (laughs) one contact really stood out to them. They were looking through his phone, seeing all the people that had hit up his phone before he was uh, murdered, was hitting up his phone and contacting his phone after he was murdered. But one number really stood out and it was from Q, big booty, she was walking home. And what really stood out about the contact Q Big Booty, She Was Walking Home, was that Q, Big Booty, She Was Walking Home, stopped contacting him after September 4th. Very suspicious because all of his women still reached out. Of course, his friends and family, students, people that loved him kept reaching out. And Q, Big Booty, She Was Walking Home, and him had very long conversations. Clearly, they had been in constant communication. So why all of a sudden... On the day that he was murdered, she just disappeared. She stopped hitting him up. Doesn't make very much sense to the police. So they decided to dig a little deeper. Somebody knows something that everybody else doesn't. Okay, so they pulled the number and they decided to figure out who in the heck is Q Big Booty. She was walking home. They pull the number, they see who it belongs to, and it belongs to a LaQuinta Johnson. They decide to look in a little bit deeper. Who is LaQuinta Johnson? Where does she live? where she be at? Turns out when they found his car, tell me why they found Kevin's car across the street from LaQuinta's house. So they decided to dig a little deeper. Child, why they find out that LaQuinta and Kevin, they started their communication like 23 days exactly 23 days before the day he was murdered and things are just things are just looking very suspicious so police are like is cute big booty she was walking home aka LaQuinta our prime suspect and they're like maybe and then they they're looking and they see that LaQuinta on the day that he was murdered She hit up her brother, Richard Gaines. And when they were like, okay, Richard Gaines, police knew who Richard Gaines was. Richard Gaines was very known to be part of the gangs in Texas. He had a very long history of weapon-related convictions. And furthermore, investigators determined that Richard had been arrested, what, just two days after Kevin's body was found on September 12th. And when he was pulled over and arrested, they found him with a 45 caliber gun. And because they did like a they pulled him over, they did a car check and found he had a weapon on him. Child, they were like, listen, if LaQuinta wasn't the one that pulled the trigger, baby, then she knows who did it. Let's get her down here to this station and let's figure it out. On
1: September twenty-fifth, twenty nineteen, LaQuinta was brought in for questioning and her brother. Richard was taken straight to Brazoria County Jail. Now, I guess they were picked up separately because at this point in time, she has no idea that her brother's in jail, right? So they're in there talking to her and she's acting like she has no idea about the murder. The detective's in there, he talking to her. He was like, so y'all was together on the third, right? "Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, well, see, we know he died on the fourth. So, did you stay at his house? She says, oh, no, sir, hold up. You think I killed Kevin? He said, I don't know. I'm not saying that. She said, oh, no, no, sir. Like, me and Kevin, we was just dating casually. And the detective was like, okay, you were just dating casually, but it just so happens, coincidentally, that your brother gets arrested In the same city, he's in town. You made a call to him that morning. Now he has the same caliber gun on him when he's arrested on the 12th. Yeah, you didn't talk to me.
0: Huh? I said, talk to me. Make it make sense. You know, he was like, "This this is a hell of a
1: coincidence. Andrew was at his house that night. Hmm. She says, I was there the night before and I left. So he's like, Okay, but I just want you to let you know. He was like, I feel like you don't really think your brother in jail. She said, look, whatever you want to do with me, do it. I'm done talking. He says, okay. Well, you're charged with the murder of Kevin Roman. She said, okay. The detective leaves, and he comes back. He's like... You trying to make a liar out of me, so I just want to prove to you that I wasn't lying. So I printed this out for you. Hands her sheet of paper. On the paper, it's got Richard's mugshot and his booking information, which says that he got arrested that day and what the charges are and all of that. He's like, I'm going to just leave this with you. And he walks out the room. He walks out the room and LaQuinta starts crying. She's crying, and the detectives come back in. She's like, Yo, my brother ain't have nothing to do with this. Can you please just let him go? He had nothing to do with it. My brother ain't have nothing to do with it. <laughs> he, didn't
0: see, let him go. he
1: didn't have anything Talk to, me. to do with it. I don't believe you. I don't... Whatever you feel I did, I would take that. But just leave my brother out of this because he did not have nothing to do with it. He never gave me no gun. None of that. <laughs> And that just sounds like you're falling on your sword for your brother. Stop falling on no sword for my brother. I wouldn't blame you. I got sisters. I fall on my sword for Stop falling on my no sword for my brother. Okay. He don't deserve to be in jail for something he had nothing to do with. Okay. That he didn't know nothing about. So after the fact. Okay. After the fact. After the fact of what, ma'am? She was like, the gun was mine. It's all me. My brother has nothing to do with this. You have to, you have to let him go. Mm. So at this point, she's realized the jig is up. I feel like the only thing important to her right now is saving her brother. Like mm-hmm. that's that's all that matters. So she sits there and she recalls the night of the murder to the detectives talks about how she had her gun again just because she kept it on her. And, and she describes herself just standing over him and shooting him. And the detective's like, what was so different about this night? Like, what about this night made you a killer? You know what I mean? Right. And she says, I knew my mom was going to die. I just wanted somebody else to feel pain. And he says, but why did you want Kevin to be the one who feels the pain? And she's just sitting there like, she said, it's so heartless, man. She said, that man was nothing but sweet to me. Like, it didn't even make sense to her. You know what I mean? Like, dead ass, no good reason. Can't even front, can't even play. I ain't got nothing to say about the man. It was just a good dude. And he says, is there anything that you would like me to tell Kevin's family on your behalf? She says that I'm sorry. He did not deserve that. She said, I thought, like, because he was seeing people and I was seeing people, I really liked him. He was different. And she just, she did made no excuses. Like, she just owned up to it at that point. So then the detective was like, I tell you what, I'm going to let you make a little video for us to show your brother. What do you want to tell your brother?
0: You tell them. You testify against me. You didn't know nothing about it. You didn't have anything to do with it. I did everything
1: myself. I'm sorry, bro. Please put you in this. I'm sorry. This. Second. I love you. And I played that for him. I went to- And she telling her brother, bro. I'm sorry, it's on me. Do whatever you got to do to get free. If you got to testify against me, testify against me. But make sure you take care of you. Do whatever you got to do to get up out of there. Like, I know she probably appreciated the chance to get him that message because he really, he ain't do nothing but hold the gun after the fact. So they play it for Richard in jail. And I guess Richard does what he has to do to become a free man. And the charges do end up getting dropped against him. They did test the gun and it did match back to being the gun that was used to kill Kevin. So it's really with her confession and everything it's a rock solid fucking case. And her confession, they also have this recording on her. And it sounds like it's a... um sounds like it's a recorded phone call, but we we only have her side of the conversation. I told him the truth. I told him I liked him more than he liked me. And I went through his phone, and I didn't, I didn't want to say, I am a clip on him. <laughs> when he didn't want to just make it official with
0: I lost my mind the truth and it shall set you free on September 25th 2019 which was the same day as her confession LaQuinta Renee Johnson faced a judge and was accused of shooting Kevin Roman to death in his home sometime around September 10th 2016 sometime around that Johnson was held without bail in the Harris County Jail, and the reason that she didn't get bail is because, remember, she had a long rap sheet of, like, stealing cars and um, aggravated assault. Well, in 2010, she had a charge of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. And so the prosecutors heard about her being charged with this and they were like, no, no, no. Remember, you'll let her out. And here we are. Make sure that she doesn't have bail. After Q with the big booty walking home was charged with murder, LD, which remember, that's Kevin's best friend. He was like, quote, being the person who found him in his home, I can't really speak to the weight that I have carried for these last three years Going to his home and finding him there, I really think I was the only person prepared for that. In the three years that came after that, I kind of held the strength for everyone. When he reminisced on his friend, he said he was the person that I bounced ideas off of. When I had my first child, he was the guy that was her godfather. And not having that everyday presence is probably the thing that I'm going to miss the most. Like, you make somebody the godparent of your child because... If something happened to you, you want to make sure that your child is straight. Right. It it you never would fathom that something would happen to the godparent of your child. Now she was charged, and LaQuenta, she really didn't put too much of a fight up. She decided that she was gonna plead guilty to the murder, and she was sentenced to forty-five years in prison. As per her official court records, LaQuinta is serving her sentence in the Mountain View unit in Gatesville, Texas. Her inmate record states that her projected release date is May 2065 and she will be eligible for parole in November 2024. Kevin's family and friends love him and want to keep his legacy alive. And they're doing that by working very hard to get a football field named after him in his honor. And this is the story of LaQuinta Johnson. Short, sweet to the point. Happy Friday, everybody. All right, y'all, it's time for... Well, I'm not black. I'm O.J. Okay. I didn't do it, but if I did, this is how I would have got away with it. I didn't do it, but if I did, baby, bookie, seek therapy. I understand that losing a parent is hard. I can completely understand that. And I think that a lot of people have gone through the loss of somebody very significant in their lives. But that's the time where you have to work on you. You get what I'm saying? You got to work on you. Because saying that you wanted to make this man hurt, that don't even make no sense. He didn't do it. Right. Like, I didn't kill your mama, so why am I the one that has to die? I ain't do it, but if I did, always
1: look out for future self, right? Like we said, that technology advanced fast. Just do yourself a favor and don't leave any evidence. She thought she destroyed Mm -hmm. the evidence, and at that point in time, it was. Until you get this data shit and you can download it and all of a sudden it wasn't.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Get rid of the phone. I do it, but if I did, why is his car right outside of your, your house? Across the street? Why is it in the vicinity? Why did you even take his car? You ain't got no car. No, no, she don't because she was walking home and You know,
1: the neighbors was like When they was investigating The neighbor was like There's some girl who's always driving his truck She used to drive that shit around And that, yeah, that's why she took it home
0: Remember, he picked her up Because she was walking home Mm-hmm I feel like this episode is definitely One of your golden rules You know how you always say People are allowed to not want you mm-hmm. People are allowed to not like you Mm -hmm. They're allowed to not want to be in a relationship with you.
1: If that man want to date a new girl every day of the week, that is his prerogative. And if he is honest enough to tell you, that's kudos for him. Honestly. It is up to you to decide if that's what you want to do, and if you don't, Your option is to walk away. I mean, you can try and have that conversation, but it's a conversation and that's it. And if it doesn't go your way, you have a decision to make. You're either going to deal with it or you aren't. And you're probably not going to deal with it well, so just don't.
0: And he made it very clear. Like, I think a lot of people, they're like, tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. And if the answer isn't, I want you. No, no, no. Let me tell you what you want. You let me tell you what you want. And it's like, no, that's not how it works. Believe them when they tell them. I ain't do it, but if I did, I wouldn't have given the gun to my brother. You know that your brother has a rap sheet just like you have a rap sheet. You know that the police are very well aware of who your brother is, just like they can look up and figure out who you are because you have a rap sheet that's long as well. Why would you give him a murder weapon? Right,
1: because it was just a matter of time, and it didn't take him long. Parole or no parole?
0: Um... She's actually up for parole really soon. What is it? Three she, years? She's up. No, girl. She's up for parole next year. Next year. Wow. Wow. She and just happened in parole.
1: 2016.
0: It's not enough time for me. Mm. I doubt that she's going to get parole her first time.
1: Yeah, I, I doubt it, it. Hell Because no. she literally had no reason. But I feel like at least she was remorseful, right? So what you say, round two?
0: Mm. We'll see. I need to know what she's doing in there. I she's know she ain't got together because it's the it's the you're obsessed with this man like and I think it was and I don't even know if she was it was him because he was good to her but it was the fact that he was good to her like maybe she had a background of men that really weren't good to her and so this man is letting her letting her drive his car. This man is telling her that she's beautiful, and I'm sure he's doing a great job of making her feel like she's the one and she's all it. But in reality, he's saying the same line to you that he's saying to everybody else and then open about it. And the fact that y'all, I didn't do it, but if I did, I'm not killing nobody and telling because they don't want to be with me after we've been talking, communicating for less than a month. Sorry I just backed up because... I feel like we didn't point that out long enough. 23 days. Right. It's not even that deep, girl. It's not even that deep. And take it, take it from me, because I am the heads over heels, falls in love's friend out of the people on this podcast. And that's a fact. <laughs> Everybody's heart just broke hearing you say that. <laughs> um but it's true. But even still, that's not a whole heap of time to want to kill them behind. No, mm. I just I, I just can't. She gonna have to serve her time. I she um. She at least gone, she going not have to, she hadn't even served 10 years. I feel like she at least need to serve 15 years before I even look her way. And she needs to be doing stuff and she needs to be in therapy constantly. And I need a written note from the psychiatrist that's in the <laughs> Not a written note. That's what I said.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not really sure what she's got going on. I tried to look at her um, page on cagelady.com. and On, on what, what what site was this? CagedLadies.com. Okay. And all her bio says is, hey, I'm LaQuinta I'm looking for a long time friendship, maybe more. Write me out and I'll write back. I said, now she took our line. Plagiarism. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but we why is we talk back? <laughs> why is the address to the jail 2305
0: Ransom Road? All right. <laughs> Somebody in Texas had too much time on their hands. All right, um, let's read some reviews and get out of here. All right. So this one says, I haven't ever
1: messaged you guys because I'm a white girl, but I just heard you shout out white girl Morgan, so I'm popping in.
0: I make so many friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm weak. Not all right, we ain't shouting no more white girls out after this. Go ahead. <laughs> I said to, because what?
1: She said, I make so many friends listen to you guys. I've listened to every episode, and you're my pop talk. Top- And you guys were my top podcast last year With my Spotify rap Thank you for being so entertaining And covering cases I'd never know otherwise
0: Y'all are the shit Thank you girl Thank you This one's from Apple This is from They Love Banana It says the best Five stars Love, 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 love You girls I just got hipped And I'm sad to say I'm all caught up The way y'all tell the stories are amazing And keep me entertained the whole way through Even the ads Keep it up thanks if you want to keep with us up with us you can you can follow us on instagram sisters who kill pod you can follow us on twitter sisters who kill on tiktok sisters who kill podcast like our public facebook page sisters who kill and you can join the discussion group you must answer the questions to get in you have to be nice to each other just have a good kiki anything else friend talk to us we talk back bye